What is up, my brothers and sisters? I hope y'all had a great weekend. Um, just happy to give y'all another episode of the No Disrespect But podcast. And just quite frankly, for those of you who have been with me on this journey, you know that I am a Saints fan um, through and through. I mean, of course, I like the, the Giants a whole lot. That's one of my favorite teams. And, you know, I cheer for the Bills. Um I wouldn't say I'm a diehard with them, but I do want them to do well. So I am excited that they are making their first AFC Championship game in 28 years, something like that. So excited for them. But it is the Saints that um, has my heart. And, I mean, if you pay attention to sports, you saw that they lost over the weekend to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, And this resulted in four straight seasons um, with Super Bowl aspirations and falling short, um, but also three seasons in a row, I'm um, having our season in on our turf in the Superdome. Um, yeah, I get it. You're probably saying trades. You know, it's Tuesday. That happened on Sunday. Why you talk about it? Um, since they lost to the San Francisco 49ers um, in the divisional round a few years back. Um, a motto of mine is after a Saints loss, I try to take you know, a couple days to myself to recover. Um, people don't realize, you know, they think the New Orleans fan base is like some of these other um, fan bases where, you know, we're just tied to a team when they're doing well. And, you know, once the season's over, we move on. Um, New Orleans is what, or the Saints is what, the city of New Orleans has. Um, yeah, they have the New Orleans Pelicans. I believe the Pelicans have been, you know, in town under many different names since about 02 um, when they moved the Hornets over. But this is a football city through and through. We don't have a baseball team. So, you know, New York fans, whether you're a Giants or a Jets fan, um, yeah, you might have the Knicks. And, and I, I know you guys suffer way more than me. So you may deem it disrespectful that I'm, that I'm, I'm a bit sappy. Um, over the New Orleans Saints. But yeah, you got Knicks, you have Nets fans now, you have Yankees, you have Mets fans, and you know, you know, Boston, you have, you know, obviously the Patriots, but you also have the Celtics, you have the Red Sox, um, LA, you know, you have the Rams and now the Chargers, I guess, but mostly the Rams. And then of course you have the Lakers, the Clippers, um, Dodgers. So my point is there's a lot more you can put your energy into to where if your respective football team doesn't do so well, it may not take as much out of you. What people don't understand is when it comes to the New Orleans Saints, their highs and their lows, um, the highs and lows of its people, the people that root for them are linked together. And so I'm proud to say that who that nation is unlike any other, um, but before I kind of get back to that, let me get back to the game. So, like I said, we lose 30-20 to 20 on our home field, four turnovers, um, three that definitely led to points. Um, I mean, the last turnover just came you know, when we were just trying to make a play. But but three really hurt us and led to points. Um, all of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers touchdowns came off of three turnovers. And so... Knowing how well our defense played, I believe they were ranked fourth coming into the postseason. Um, They by far had given Tom Brady the most trouble this season. Knowing all of that and those young men 
some of them older men, because they're older than me, obviously, but those men came to play. They came to war. They came ready. Um, and I will say at least for the better part of two or three years, um, they came ready. And it's been our offense that just hasn't fit the bill. Um, we just, for some, for one reason or another, whether it's play calling, whether it's just execution, whether it's physical ability, we just have not been able to get going. Um, I believe over the weekend they marked the sixth straight time that we weren't able to score over 21 points or something like that, 21, 24 points in a playoff game. And if you know anything about the Saints and anything about their history under Sean Payton, offense and scoring is what they do. And, you know, when it came down to this year and, and even last year, um, but, but more importantly, coming into this season, one of the things I mentioned was that Sean Payton was going to have to have the balls to make tough decisions if the Saints were going to win the Super Bowl. That's just what it's all about. Um, sometimes as a coach, you have to make tough decisions and you have to pick the team over everything. And I felt that the Saints picked Drew Brees over the team and the, the history of Drew Brees over the team. And look, he deserves it. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, second all-time in passing touchdowns, first time, first all-time in yards. And he's been a godsend to the city of New Orleans. So trust me, no disrespect intended. But sometimes you have to make the tough decision. Uh, Drew Brees was coming on his second straight season where he had a significant injury where he had to miss time. Uh, he missed four games this year where we went three and one. He missed five last season where we went five and oh. So um, I felt the team had some experience in how to play without Drew if he wasn't there. Um, and I would I honestly believe Sean Payton had some of his best coaching performances um, with Drew not there. Not to say that Drew isn't great. But I think sometimes when you're coaching greatness, um, you tend to cater a little bit more towards them, even when they don't have the physical attributes, so to speak, to do it anymore. Um, and so I, I think we just kept asking Drew to do the things he had been doing since he touched down in 06. But I just felt like I was doing him and the team a disservice because mm -hmm. we're in an era now in the NFL where... You have to challenge defenses deep. And we were not able to do that yesterday. Um, or not yesterday, but over the weekend. The only time we did was when we inserted Jamison for a trick play. Um, and yeah, Traquan Smith was wide open. I get that. But I still feel that the defense, to some degree, respected the deep ball more with Jameis in there just because of physical capability. Um, and Drew no longer could do that. And I felt that Sean Payton owed it to the team to make that decision to put Drew Brees in the game. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, like I said, no disrespect, but it's about winning the game. Um, it's not about history. It's not about records. It's not about, you know, what somebody has done for the organization. It's about winning this game. And, again, last year I felt that Teddy Bridgewater um, and even Taysom Hill uh, getting the offense going against the Vikings – was the best chance for that game. 
Um, not to say that they're the best going forward, but for that game, they were the best option. And I felt that Jameis Winston, especially with Taysom Hill out and not being able to do a lot of the unique uh, things we had been doing with the running game this season. Uh, but I mean, you know, the team led the league in rushing touchdowns. So obviously, you know, having Taysom Hill and Latavius Murray was a big part of that. But those two were injured. And I think. Uh, with our run game being dampened a little bit, you knew, you just knew we were going to need to stretch the field against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they begged us to. And I think when a defense is begging you to throw it deep and you just don't have that capability, you have to make a change. And understand Jameis had some turnover issues during his time in Tampa Bay, but I would caution you all to know that different Team, different organization, different set of circumstances. Um, Jameis in Tampa Bay, he was the first number one overall pick. He was expected to be everything for them. Not so much with the Saints. We don't need you to be everything. We just need you to be efficient. We need you to challenge, to get the ball, big play. And we need you not to turn the ball over. And the way we scheme things, you know, quick routes, um, but also some, some getting some uh, quarterbacks out of the pocket for the most part. Um, getting the ball out of their hands, I think that would cater to Jameis in terms of limiting his turnovers, but also his strengths as far as the deep ball is concerned was going to allow our offense to blossom. And I like Tampa Bay. I love Todd Bowles as a defensive coordinator. He's one of the best. But I still firmly don't believe that Tampa Bay had the skilled players on defense to match up with what we had. And we just needed to make a change at the quarterback position to give us our best chance at winning this game. Um, I understand um, Sean Payton may not have wanted to have that press conference. You know that press conference where you bench your quarterback, the backup does really well, you win the game, and everybody's saying, what are you going to do next week? Is there a quarterback controversy? Is your starting quarterback done? Is your backup now the guy? And um, as much as I hate it, I, I would say I would learn from Brian Flores, head coach of the Miami Dolphins in this situation. Um, he was going through with Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Obviously, neither of them should be mentioned in the same breath as Drew Brees, obviously, just career-wise. But, you know, when Tua was struggling, Brian Flores would go towards Ryan Fitzpatrick to win the game, just to give him a spark. Uh, more times than not, that seemed to prove um, successful. And the first thing Coach Flores would do when he got to the press conference to say, two was our quarterback next week. Um, I know a lot of times quarterback or coaches will say, oh, we'll, we'll take it a week in practice and things like that. And that allows the narrative to fester. Obviously, the media is going to do whatever they want. But at that press conference is where you let your team know so it doesn't fester internally. Because if you've played a sport, you know that's where it matters. Not what happens on the outside, but what happens on the inside. So it would have been lovely. Um, and not saying that Jameis would have won the game. I just felt that he gave us the best chance for what we were trying to do. Um, and had we won, I think Coach Payton could have just easily went up to that presser and said, Hey, you put Jameis in. We thought he gave us the best chance to win this game. But... Green Bay versus Green Bay, we believe, I mean, Drew's our guy. He knows he's our guy. We want him to know he's our guy. Jameis knows he's our guy. But it was about this game. And we're moving on with Drew for Green Bay.
And guess what? If Drew needs to get sat down against Green Bay, you do it again. Whether you're putting in Jameis, whether you're putting in a hopefully now healthy Taysom, you're trying to win the game. Nobody cares how you win. And that's one thing people need to understand in sports. Nobody cares how you won as long as you end up winning. And so, hey, if we had to run a three-quarterback rotation to win a Super Bowl, guess what? At the end of the day, you're Super Bowl champs. And that's all that would have mattered at that point in time. So I was a little crushed. Again, four years in a row, winning the division four years in a row, being one of the top three teams in the NFC at the very least, if not the league, four years in a row, and to come up short again. Um, But I will say, I would say these last couple years hurt the most. Um, just because I don't believe the coaching staff chose winning over an individual. Um, and if you know anything about sports, especially coaching, you have to be able to look into your players' eyes and say, hey, the game plan we came in with, the adjustments we made in-game, we did everything we possibly could to give us the best chance to win. And I don't think the Saints can say that. I don't think they can say that. They didn't do that against Tampa Bay. They didn't do that against Minnesota last year. So now we're we're in this, this limbo because, again, Drew Brees, technically speaking, has another year left on his contract. Um, we've assumed that he's going to retire, but he's never made any mention of it. Uh, he just said he's going to think about it, take time with his family, and, you know, I personally think he's going to come back. He's taking like a $20 million hit. Um, I think he's going to come back. I hope he you know, calls it a career just because, again, last couple of years, he's missed time with significant injuries. Um, a thumb injury last year, 11 broken ribs this year or 11 fractured ribs and a collapsed lung. Um, you just don't want your heroes to have to endure that. Um, you want to see them go out on top. And obviously we weren't able to do that. And obviously we weren't able to see Drew go out at his best. And maybe that's what's going to push him to want to come back another year because he wants to go out on his terms, um, looking like the elite quarterback he has been in his career, at least um, in his career with the Saints, I would say. So, um, Drew, if you're listening to this, you know, take your time. I think, you know, t- man, take the NBC gig. You already have a contract with them. Uh, you're one of the greatest minds in the game. And would love to hear you and hear the game through, you know, or see the game through your eyes and hear it and hear you speak about it. Um, Appreciate everything you've done for the city of New Orleans, obviously bringing not just a Super Bowl, but a winning mentality. Um, Even the three years in a row, we went seven and nine. I would say there still was a buzz around the city where we expected to compete and you know, that begins with you and, and obviously Coach Payton coming to the city of New Orleans. And so we thank you for that. Um, but when it comes to athletes, obviously, when it comes to me, I I want you guys to make the best decision for your health and for your family. And just seeing you get hurt as a fan, just hopefully wouldn't want to see a year like that again. And obviously, there's been some physical declines. Um, like I said, the mental still there. But look, there's just some things that you can't do anymore. And that's fine. Hell, we 
we probably used most of your arm anyway with the amount of times we had to pass the ball in the years where we, our defenses sucked and we didn't have a running game. So, look, you gave us your all. You put your body on the line for the organization and for the city of New Orleans. And for that, you'll always be thanked. Um, but look forward to seeing the decision you make. Um, and whatever it is, shit, I'm a root like hell for the Saints again. And it'll always be who that nation, which kind of brings me back to my earlier piece when I spoke about the fan base. Um, now, if you know me, you know I'm one of the biggest trash talkers. Shit, I love talking trash. Um, as a Saints fan, I always talk trash to NFC South rivals. Giants fan, always talking trash to NFC East rivals, especially Cowboys fans. Um, and obviously with the Bills, look, ain't really much to talk trash about, we want to be honest, but shit. I want them to be successful, and I'll talk shit to you know the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Patriots on their behalf if push came to shove. But you know, when it comes to the Saints, it just almost feels different. And the one thing I say is that fan bases for each NFL team they're just one of thirty-two. And what I mean by that, fan just means it's short for fanatics, obviously. And I think every fan base has, you know, a group of folks that think every year it's their year. Um, they're always saying, hey, we're the best at this. We're the best at that. You know, go screw yourself if you think otherwise. You have some that are a little bit you know, less biased. They understand that, hey, some of our players might be products of the system, Uh yeah, we're great at the regular season, but we do want to see more postseason success. Um, you have some that, you know, just feel like it's never going to be good. Like, we're never going to be great again. And and I caution those fans to, you know, grow the fuck up. I mean, I truly think some of those types of fans came, you know, during the Super Bowl run. that just kind of think because Drew's retiring that we're going to fall off a cliff. But I digress when it comes to that. But, again... I would say every fan base has those types of fanatics. That's what has created sports culture. The fact that people that don't know these athletes personally, don't know these organizations personally, but invest so much, so much of their energy, so much of their time, so much of their dollars um, to hoping that this organization and this team is successful year in and year out. And guess what? When their teams fall short, they're back at it again, doing the same thing. It's been going on since the history of sports, especially the NFL. So what kills me is when fans act like the New Orleans Saints are these snot-nosed brats that, oh, you guys just started winning and you don't know how to act. Man, we've been winning for 14 years. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's, at that point, it's not something that's just new. It's normal. It's normalized. It's normalizing our culture. We expect to win every year. That hasn't happened in a very long time. And that's, to be honest with you, in Saints history, that hasn't happened since late 80s, early 90s, where you had teams where you just felt like, oh, my God, they can go all the way. But they fell short. And guess what? That happens. Before this year, it was... 12 teams in the postseason, and guess what? 11 fall short. This year, 13 are going to fall short. But don't tell those fans that they can't root and go crazy for their team and that they can't expect their team to win and that they can't, you know, 
argue for their best players in regards to comparing them against some of the other top tier players in the league. That's what we do as fans. But for some freaking reason, it's always the New Orleans Saints that get the backlash. And I've been paying attention for the last few years. And I've come to the conclusion that it's not about the Saints. It's not even about the Saints fans anymore. Because you have to really look at some of the things people say. Like, I can talk about the Falcons organization and and how they treated Vic and how I felt like they ostracized him um, when he came back. I can talk about how I feel like they're wasting Julio's career just because he's one of the best receivers of all time, but hasn't really been able to showcase that. He's been schemed a lot out of touchdowns. Um, Anybody that watches film can see that. Um, Carolina, I don't like the way they did Cam. I don't like the way they did Steve Smith. I don't like the way they did Misha Muhammad. I don't like the way they did Jake DeLong. So they have a history of how they treat their star players. I don't appreciate that. Tampa Bay, again, I didn't appreciate what they did with Tony Dungy, leading you to success that you had never seen. And he's a quarterback short, a quarterback short, really, just a legit offense short of a Super Bowl. And you move off on him. And you bring in John Gruden. Yeah, he wins. I feel like that's one of the lucky Super Bowls ever because the Raiders ran the same system that John Gruden put in place. But that's neither here nor there. But, you know, you moved off of an African-American coach. So that's really dear to me. And. The way they treated some of their players. Warren Sapp didn't retire a Buccaneer. John Lynch didn't retire a Buccaneer. Keyshawn Johnson didn't retire a Buccaneer. So it was things like that in their organization that I just didn't deem, you know, worthy. I didn't appreciate it. And obviously, on the field, success or lack thereof, it was hit or miss. Yeah, Carolina had some good years. I think they were the first ones to win back-to-back. So shout out to them. Win the division back-to-back. Um Obviously, you know, the the Falcons had success making it to the Super Bowl, blowing a 25-point lead. But but still, but those are things you can joke about, make fun of. Um, just how you know, maybe they maybe the way they handle their players or some blown leads, things like that. But when it comes to the New Orleans Saints, it just seems a a little bit more personal. Like you hate the city and its people. And you hate that the New Orleans Saints are not only a good elite team, but that the New Orleans Saints represent said people in said city. And that's a deeper issue. Because what the fuck you hating for? Like, are you that upset that we're just better than you as a culture? Like, what is it? Is Are you mad that you're... Liquor stores close on Sundays and ours are open? Are you mad that on the biggest festivals of the year around the country, people typically, obviously pre-COVID, typically storm our city and not yours? Are you upset that if our city wanted your best festival, we could take it if we wanted to? That if the NFL had a choice that they would host the Super Bowl in New Orleans every goddamn year? Is that what bothers you all so much? 
because you can't talk about the people because they are some of the best people you will ever meet, whether they know you or not. There's Southern hospitality and then there's New Orleans hospitality and it is second to none. Yeah, I'm from there, but I've had people that I've never met or that I've never known in my life treat me like I was their own flesh and blood and they would do the same for you. But I've been in other cities. I've visited other cities where if you say, hey, how are you? They will look at you like, how dare you speak to me? But not in my city. Hell, they'll talk to you like they were there the day you were born. Better yet, they might act like they were there the day you were conceived. And you can have a long, in-depth conversation with the people. New Orleans is the only city, to my knowledge, where you can have a unique experience and not spend a goddamn dime. You can listen to music. You can see the people frolicking on the streets having a great fucking time. And yeah, we have our issues like everybody, especially crime rates. But hey, that's just the product of the system because, hey, we're a tourist town. A lot of times we do our shit for y'all. But then what y'all do? Y'all go back to y'all fucking shit and you rag on our city. I truly feel like if we put more of our energy into our people than we do to y'all, we would be much better off. But it is what it is. Who am I? But some of the things I hear in these debates, I mean, I just saw something that said, you know, why Michael Thomas is always talking to DBs, but he couldn't say anything to the man that was stabbing his father in front of him. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That is not trash talk. That is not that is not all fun in games. I just want my team to be better than yours. Like, I don't know who raised y'all, but that shit is out of line. And something needs to be done. Because y'all get behind Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all these little sports pages and all these sports articles. And you think you can talk about grown men. And then as far as the city is concerned, grown women and children the way you do. Because you know, you know Michael Thomas will never see that. You know Marshawn Lattimore will never see that. You know Drew Brees will never see the things you say. So you think you can get away with it, but you would never say that to their face. And then when called on your bullshit, you're going to say, oh, no, y'all just can't handle it. What you mean? We've never brought up anything negative in a person's personal life. A Falcons player can never say that. A Buccaneers player can never say that. A Panthers player can never say that. No team, none of the other 31 teams can say they talked to a fan and and heard some, some vile shit, some real personal shit that should never be said when just talking about a children's game. I've seen instances where people mention Katrina. I lost family and friends in that shit. And y'all be laughing and kikiing and think that shit is fucking funny. But when my people was rolling up in y'all city, y'all was scared for y'all goddamn life. And all we was doing was trying to find a place to stay. Trying to get away from the storm. Trying to find a safe haven. And instead of embracing us as people, you treated us like second class citizens. And y'all still do that shit. And y'all disguise it 
in a fucking sports debate. But nah, I see right through that. I see right through that. And I know now one of y'all would ever say that to, to my face, none of my family's face, none of my friend's face. None of the people from my city, you would never say that shit to their face because you know it's wrong. And you know the consequences that will come with your brazen arrogance. The fact that you think capping for your team means you can mention a natural disaster that took thousands of lives and displaced thousands of others. Has put the city in a position where it's never truly recovered. But every time, every time you need the city of New Orleans, every time you need the state of Louisiana, they're there. You can talk about anything you want. You can talk about the poverty. You can talk about the education. You can talk about all that. And all those things are true. But when does that become a part of a debate about a kid's game, a children's game? That's what those NFL players get. They get paid to play a child's game. And yeah, I understand. Fanatics, I get it. But there is some decency involved. If you're going to talk shit, keep it strictly on what's going on the field. But you take this time to take cheap shots. And it happens year in and year out. And quite frankly, I'm tired. And I don't mean no disrespect, but y'all some piss poor fucking individuals. Like, who raised y'all? Do your mama know you talk like this? Do your daddy know you talk like this? Or if they saw the shit you be posting, would they slap you upside the goddamn head? Because again, we are one of 32. One fan base of 32. I don't hear people talk about the Boston bombings. I don't hear people talk about 9-11 when it comes to the you know Giants or Jets. Or like I said, Boston bombings when it comes to uh, the Patriots. Nobody talks about the, you know, the shootings in the nightclubs in Miami and Orlando. You know why? Because that is indecent. That is indecent to bring up in a sports conversation. But y'all think that shit funny because you're behind a keyboard. I have never, I will, I will be honest with you. I have never in my life heard somebody say anything about Katrina in my face. Especially when it comes to a sports debate. I mean, they'll ask me, like, hey, how, how was it? How did you survive? What, what was the impact? Of course. I understand. I don't mind telling you that. But I've never been in a situation where I'm debating one thing and somebody thinks, oh, let me mention Hurricane Katrina so I can win. Because guess what, man? You're not winning. You're just looking like a piss poor son of a bitch. Because guess what? On the field, on the field where it matters. And I'm excluding, guess what, Buccaneers fans? Y'all can be excited because y'all won. Y'all earned that shit. But on the field, nobody's doing it better than the Saints. Now, hey, yeah, they may not cash in, but guess what? We just gonna, I'm just going to say, you know, 13 or, or 11 other teams typically didn't. 11 other teams typically didn't. And of that 11, four at least went in as favorites. Because you had the top two seats from each conference. So, yeah, we was in one of those four. But guess what? We ain't the only ones that failed, but time in and time out. We're the ones 
that are the that are the eye of the wrath of other fan bases, and I don't get it. Because I don't see it. And maybe, and maybe I'm just not around. But also as a Giants fan, I don't see Cowboys fans bringing up. I don't see them bring up 9-11. I don't see Giants fans bringing up President Kennedy's assassination and shit like that. Like, no. We're not bringing up Jerry Jones' organizational issues and with sexual assault and stuff. Like, nah, we're not bringing that up. We're keeping that shit strictly on the field. Strictly on the field. Because that's where it's supposed to be. Because at the end of the day, that's what settles it. You can say what you want, but what the players do on the field is what settles the outcome of the game. And I start to think that some of y'all have never been athletes because some of the things you say would never be said on the court. I compete at the highest of levels. And I've never said some of the things I've seen in heard, spewed over these social media airwaves. The audacity, I will go back to it again, the audacity to think that a natural disaster that killed thousands of people and displaced thousands of others. Family and friends of mine gone. And I'm just one of many that experienced that pain. And it comes up every year. We think about it every single time. But what's worse is when assholes like y'all think it's good to bring up in a sports debate because you believe it gives you a fucking one up. Grow the hell up. And I pray the Lord have mercy on your soul because while you laughing, I guarantee you he ain't. And it's a lot of people that put us through a lot of shit. And I've seen where a lot of countries, a lot of cities, a lot of states have suffered since then. Because of the way they treated my people. But do I bash them? No. Does my city bash them? Does my state bash them? No. We there for you. If you need to evacuate, I thought it was... I thought it was I thought it was like a sign from God when I saw so many people evacuating to New Orleans to escape a hurricane. I never thought in my lifetime I'd see that. But people are evacuating to New Orleans. But guess what? My city let you in. My city didn't treat you like refugees. They treated you like family because that's what we do. There's Southern hospitality and there's New Orleans hospitality. And guess what? That extends... To our team. And that extends to the players. And those that run the organization. And when you're not talking about Katrina. You talk about a, a bounty gate. Where if you do your damn research. You'll see that they found nothing on players. It was all hearsay. And not one single player served the game. In suspension. Not a single one. And the coaches. Just decided that, hey, we're going to keep our expenses because they could have fought through it. But our assistants took their four and eight game respectively. And Coach Payton said, look, I'll take the year off. He needed to spend time with his son anyway. Because we knew what was going to happen. That was going to draw in the season. You were probably going to coast the season. 
Roger Goodell, because of the article and the power he has in the bargain agreement, was going to make his decision no matter what those judges said. And he was going to suspend Sean Payton anyway. So what was the point of wasting a year when you can just serve your suspension and dragging it out? But I mean, you know, y'all don't like to read. Y'all don't like to research. You just like to use real hot takes that you think are hot takes. Because again, I can tell the way you feel about quote unquote Bonnegate if you ever played a sport. Football is a physical, violent game. You don't want to do anything dirty, but guess what? Yeah, you might want to hit that quarterback a little bit hard. You're not going to do it after the whistle. You're going to do it, you know, you're going to make sure it's within the lines of the game. That's football. That's always been. Every team has done it. It's in contracts. Right now, if you get a certain number of quarterback hits, if you get a certain number of sack fumbles, if you get a certain number of forced fumbles, if you get a certain number of interceptions, this isn't every fucking contract. Saints didn't do nothing different. Only thing they did was put their own individual money up and say, hey, I got a thousand that you hit that you hit Brett Fall. I got a thousand, he don't finish the game. You look at the look at the replays. Look at the replays. You can't show me one dirty hit. That isn't football related. Show me one. You can't. Guess what? They showed the NFL. They showed the judges. Guess what? They say that they saw. Nothing. It's football. It's a violent game. It was a game where motherfuckers was a suplexing quarterback. Y'all remember that? And it was completely legal. So think about what football is before you say, oh, nah, man, it was football. It was football. And they had an agenda to get at on the Saints. It is what it is. We let it go. We moved past it. Our coaches served their suspensions. None of our players did because they couldn't find anything on the players. And you can say what you want, but guess what? Everybody still wanted Saints coaches on their roster. Saints coaches got jobs in college. Greg Williams wasn't starving. He didn't have to wait two and three years to get a job. As soon as he left the Saints, he was hired by the Rams on the spot. So clearly, y'all like the narrative that we were a dirty organization. But guess what? Other organizations wanted our coaches. Other organizations wanted our players. They weren't blackballed. Because if a player or a coach is purposely wanting to injure and go beyond the whistles to injure somebody, guess what? The NFL has blackballed people for less. We've seen it. They've blackballed people for less. You think they wouldn't blackball those types of people in their game? Come on now. Think to yourself. But no, but 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 instead of thinking, instead of doing research, you you just want to pick on a fan base, on a city. And again, I'll say it as many times. I truly don't think it has anything to do with the fans or the organization. Because guess what? Saints fans always been this way, brother. They always been this way, sister. You think we bandwagons, but guess what? That's just because of the growth of social media. We've been here. Oh, I agree. There was a lot of people that was Cowboys fans, 49ers fans. You had some people that was Falcons fans, especially during the Vic days. Oh, I know. I know, but guess what? That wasn't the whole city. Everybody got a few. Y'all got people in y'all area that don't cheer for your squad. But now that they good, they want to root for them. Come on, Atlanta. You know, you know it better than anybody. Come on now. 
Come on now. You know, ain't nobody was rooting for y'all. Y'all was in the same boat with us. There were 49ers and Cowboys fans bagging a gap. I mean, yeah, y'all tickets was cheap. But you know, that's how it was. I saw something where somebody talked about, oh, the Saints wasn't selling out the dome. Guess what? Because those ticket packages was much cheaper, big dog. Why are we going to pay for season tickets when we can just buy the packages, the three and four game packages, and be good? Get good quality seats. My family was season ticket holders. They still are. Good, good and the bad. But I know a lot of folks that was like, look, it's just more efficient financially to do this package system. So now, nah, we didn't sell out season tickets. But guess what? When the Superdome got renovated, Tom Benson, may he rest in peace, had to pay those calls. So how you do that? You make those ticket sales a little bit cheaper. You get more buy-in from the locals to buy season tickets because now it's cheaper. It's cheaper to buy the entire season ticket package than a game-by-game package. And then, boom, that's how you sell out season ticket sales. But, you know, you know, y'all not smart. Y'all not smart. Y'all just like to talk shit without really thinking. I like to say things but don't really know what's going on. And it's okay. I understand. But I'm here to educate you. I will always be here to educate you. I'm here for you. So you don't live the rest of your life as a dumbass. And like I said, it's no disrespect, but you wish you could be a part of who that nation. You wish you could say you was born and raised in New Orleans. I know you do. Because I look at I look at your cities and they carbon copies. Y'all want to be us. I mean, what y'all y'all think y'all us without the corruption till y'all find out y'all people just as corrupted? Like, what is it? Like, what is this this fascination to pile up on a city that you always find yourself in? And obviously, y'all, I'm talking pre-COVID, but you you always find yourself in for a, a festival or a little get together, a little day trip, whatever you are, a little weekend getaway. You always find yourself here. Because you know you can be somebody else. Because my city don't judge. My city embraces. And that's been. And it's been that way. We love all. We welcome all. But y'all don't do that for us. And. And as a person from New Orleans. That hurt. Because we see the looks. When we say where we from, the fear that goes, that comes into your face, where you turn pale if you're African-American or you turn paler if you're you know, Caucasian or whatever you may be. That like we're all some savages, some savage beast that's going to hurt you and your friends and your family. But now nah, it's just all love with us. If you don't mess with us, we don't mess with you. And that's just simple. And that's a code we deal with our own people. You don't mess with us, we don't mess with you. But it seems that everybody gets a kick out of messing with us. And at first, I thought it was just all in sports. But we won in 32. And I have never, I have never experienced some of the things that get said about the Saints, about the city of New Orleans than I do. Because I don't see it from, I don't see other fan bases do it to other, other teams. I don't. 
Now, maybe I'm looking in the wrong places. Maybe I just got to look harder. And I don't mind doing that. If you're listening right now, you you saying to yourself, no, Trey, no, Trey, you don't know. I'm going to show you some stuff, please, by all means. You can tag me in it at Bud Disrespect on Twitter. I'll look at it. I'll like it. I'll retweet it. And I'll come back on here and say, hey, this is why I was wrong. But until then, y'all need to look at yourselves in the mirror and truly think about what you say. Because the world watching, especially some of you young folk, the world watching, they think it's funny that you can bring up natural disasters. You don't know who. You don't know who is going to be the one to lend you a hand. And so you got to be careful the way you talk about people. And yeah, I focus a lot more on the Saints and the city of New Orleans because that's just my people. That's my team. But that's that's a life lesson. You need to be weary of what you say and how you say it. Because you might pick the right person and they're going to see it. And your life will be a living fucking hell. And I say it again, y'all can laugh and y'all can kiki. But I know the man upstairs ain't laughing and kikiing with y'all. He see the bullshit. He see the things y'all, he see that y'all take life and death and, and make it a joking matter. Because you want to debate a child's game. Keep it within the game. Because when you debate about or when you bring life and death situation, make light of it. When you bring up personal instances in a player's life and make light of it. That ain't right. You know it. I know it. That ain't right. You know there's boundaries. There's always been boundaries. And you used to be on the back of the school bus, ribbing people. Look, what everybody say. You say whatever you want to talk about my mama. All that taught us was that there are boundaries. There are things you don't say. But if you talk about mama, whether that be in front of me or I find out you talk about mama, it's going to be trouble. So understand, y'all having fun on social media, but you'll meet somebody and you'll be talking all high and mighty and there'll be consequences. Remember that. So folks, that's all it is for me. Like I said, if I ever disrespected anyone, it's not my intention, but it's a good opportunity for me to learn. And it's a great opportunity for you to educate me. All I ask is that you keep it respectful. Who that nation for life? Love you, saints. Love you, Drew. Peace.